I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, Alex Bourbeau, to the show. Welcome, Alex. Hey, Tammy. Thanks for having me. Hi. Nice to see you after, I think it's been over 20 years, 20 years? <laughs> yes. I think it was back in, what, 2001? So, indeed, yes. 20 years ago. Oh, my God gosh long story short for our listeners is that my family we've gone to disney since 97 and we have all these videos and photos from the early days and and that wasn't like the typical thing for people to bring cameras to parks and so um i've been watching all the home videos when i was young after we came back from the trips because i was obsessed with disney still am um but one of our special moments and, and something I, I remember too, anyways, regardless of the tapes and photos, but we had, you know, documents was this one wonderful experience where me being the little loudmouth um, little girl that I was and still am, <laughs> I was going around and uh, singing at the Ohana restaurant at the Polynesian Resort at like, I think it was like five or six seven, seven, six, seven. And um, I was in my little mermaid costume. And as my parents tell me, like I would hop from table to table and do a special song for these people because I thought I was an entertainer. (laughs) Like everybody else at Disney. And so apparently I came upon uh, Alex's table. um, And Alex, do you remember this or... Please go on. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I came upon their table. Like, people would would give me nickels and dimes after my performances. So Alex, who was a, who was a guest relations cast member at the time, um, and a friend of his, uh, Leandro. Am I saying his name right? Yep. yep. So they were apparently there and saw me. And they thought I was just the cutest thing in the world and thought I was so entertaining that they said, hey... Um, meet us at Magic Kingdom tomorrow um, at such and such time, and we'll we're, we we want to do something special for you because I loved Ariel. So apparently the next day we go, and I have my little Ariel um, blue dress, and I have my autograph book, and they met us there at the parks, and um, they brought us in the front of the line of Ariel's Grotto, which for folks who don't remember, Ariel's original grotto is one grotto, one Ariel, and the line was so long, and it was out in the heat, and it was just, but we would always wait to see Ariel, no matter what, because she was my favorite, still is. And so Alex and Leandro, they brought us in the front of the line to meet her, so we didn't need to wait, and we have video footage of this, and I was just so thrilled, I was like, and then they gave us ice cream afterwards. across the way and it was just like the most perfect experience for this little kid and we took video we took a photo and I posted the photo on Facebook you know just to see if maybe somebody might know because all these people I've I've interviewed on the show Alex they they everybody knows everybody is basically the thing so I was like you know what let's see where they are because it's been 20 years and somebody tagged you guys and that's how we came to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be introduced again. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing. That's the power of social media, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but does does the day like I I'm, I'm assuming you had many magical moments that you gave to so many families, but does any of that like ring a bell for you? Absolutely. Um, I I do remember us uh, bringing you to Ariel because that was the first time actually I went inside the grotto myself, so that was kind of memorable <laughs> um, for that aspect. But I I did remember like your parents and you, and then taking you to Ariel's Road. I did not remember that we gave you ice cream, <laughs> but uh, that's something I did. So you know, um, but I did not remember how we first connected at uh, the Polynesian Resort. So this is kind of a fun memory. So thank you for bringing this up. I don't even remember myself. My parents were like, yeah, this is how it happened. And I was like, oh, that's great. (laughs) It's like the perfect, it's like one of those things where that is the magic of the Disney theme parks. People ask me all the time, why do you go back? You've gone over 20 times in your lifetime. And why is there a reason you go back? And the main reason, and I think this is so prominent now, and Alex, I don't know if you agree with the same thing here, is it's the cast members that make the magic magic in these theme parks not the rides you know the shows and the experience of being there it's top notch and these people care about being there and about making the best vacation for you absolutely i agree 100 percent. and you know i even as an adult you know what well, I was an adult back then when we met, but I was a young adult. But even as a young, as an um, older adult, it's always fun just to go into parks. And, and my previous role um, brought me to Orlando a lot for work. And after like my busy days of meetings and what have you, I would always kind of like either go to Disney Springs or even like sat in a Disney hotel lobby, just, you know, having a cocktail or whatever, just, you know, to feel the ambiance, the atmosphere and just kind of like the uniqueness of the place. And, and yeah, just the magic overall, I think it's just a wonderful place to be. How did you begin work as a Disney cast member? What, what, what was the introduction into being a guest relations cast member? Because we actually have never had somebody who's been in guest relations on the show before. So I'm really intrigued on how this works. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a long story. So I hope you have a lot of time. Sure. Yes. Um, but I, I can really tell you, like, you know, the really the back, back, back story. So um, I'm, I'm Canadian. I'm from Montreal. So I'm French Canadian. And, um, you know, being raised in Montreal, you know, your first language is French and you don't really get exposed to any English besides TV. And, I, you know, when I was young, Internet was not even a thing. So you were not even exposed to the Internet and all that can bring. So it was very and then we only had like one English channel. So, like, really, you, you really couldn't learn English. And, you know, growing up, I kind of, like, knew if I want to expand my horizons, if I want to have a great career, I'd have to learn English one way or another. And. That brings us to when I was maybe like 14 years old or 15 years old and I was babysitting neighbors like little kids and then they had all these Disney movies. Um, it was early on. It was like in the early 90s. So Beauty and the Beast just came out on the on the VHS. <laughs> and um, so, we, you know, we we're looking for something to do. So they decided to play Beauty and the Beast and I really fell in love with that movie I said this is amazing um and then it's just really when my Disney passion started just with Beauty and the Beast and then I, I kept getting more curious about you know Disney and then as as a just in early um college I put together this business plan for me and my neighbor who was older than me to go to Disney World. So I put together like a budget, I put together, you know, the whole um, trip schedule and everything so we could go. And it, it was very expensive back then. So I had to work a lot and I made it work. And I think my friend thought my business plan was really appealing and she <laughs> she decided to um, join me on this, on this adventure. So we stayed at the All-Star Music Resort. I'll always remember that. 
and it was just a wonderful week. And as we visited Epcot, of course, Canada's being the last pavilion, I met one of the cast members. And that brings us back to your point, um, Tammy, that, you know, cast members really, truly make the magic. So met this cast member who was from um, not far from where I was born, started to chat. And then she explained to me how you can become a cast member. So obviously that was something I was extremely interested in doing, but I was a little too young. So I had to wait a couple of years. But as soon as I turned 18, I did all my research. I found out how to interview. And back then, my English was extremely poor. So I was I got into an interview at the Fairmont Hotel in Montreal, sat with, with um, the cast member that was doing the interview. I could barely speak English. And for some reason, they still picked me. And I started working at the Canada Pavilion as a food and beverage um, host. Um, in April of 1998. So I did my full year there. It was just amazing. Such a fun time to, you know, get to know so many people from around the world. And I, I made friends that I still hang out with today. Um, and the year came and gone so quickly. When, you know, it was the, my turn to go back, I was just devastated. And I go, you know, I need to go back. So I befriended a few of the folks that hired international students or international uh, cast members. And I befriended him and I says, you know, hey, my goal is to work as guest relation host in the Magic Kingdom. And I used that as, um, as my... Um, um, as my final project of my degree. Um, so I went to um, the Magic Kingdom Guest Relation Host and I worked there from um, March of 01 until March of 02. Um, so I had a wonderful year and the be um, that was really the best job of my life. And honestly, Tammy, like there's not one day I don't think about it or I don't talk about my experience at Disney, even though it's been more than 20 years now. And, and what year did you say? You started in 98 or was it 99? Yeah, so my first year was at, at the Canada Pavilion, so between 98 and 99. And mm -hmm. then uh, that was, um, yes, I did, a, you know, beverage, I did attraction and merchandise. And then um, a couple of years later, so from 2001 until 2002 at the Magic Kingdom um, Guest Relations. That's amazing. And and you were there at Magic Kingdom until what time frame? Because you, you, you moved on. Until March of 02. Yeah, until March of 02. And then how, where did you move on from there? You, you, you left Disney or did you stay with Disney at that time? No, you know, I'm Canadian, so I couldn't stay. And unfortunately, I, we're on a visa, like all the international customers were under a, um, a J-1 visa, which has an expiration date. Oh. And I could have extended it. Unfortunately, uh, my time at Disney was during September 11. Um, oh, so yes. unfortunately, the government uh, put a stop and refused an extension on current J-1 visas because of terrorists at J-1 visas as well. So that uh, unfortunately oh. ended my time at Disney. And if you want to learn more about what I, what how ex or how Disney experienced 9-11, I can give you some information because I was right there front and center uh, being yes. read guest relations. Can you, can you tell, because we've only had maybe two other people who were there during 9-11 and, and that was the first time the parks had officially closed down for something other than weather. Exactly. And it was actually quite interesting. Um, and Leandro and I were actually visiting Disneyland on September 10. So we flew back on the red eye from California to Orlando. So our flight landed in Orlando at around 7 a.m. 
So we um, landed and, you know, took a taxi um, all the way to Vista Way, where we used to live, where they put all the college program and international students. So we um, arrived in our apartment. You know, we had no money. I mean, <laughs> so we didn't have a TV, no radio, nothing. Um, so because we had the red eye, we went to bed. And then uh, we were supposed to start working around 3 p.m. on September 11. And um, and then, you know, the planes, you know, the first plane, I think, hit at 9 a.m. on September 11. So anyway, we were sleeping and then woke up around, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, um, just wanted to reconfirm our um, our shift at the Magic Kingdom. So pick up the phone, call the cast number hotline, and then there was a recording saying, due to the recent incidents, the Disney parks are closed. And I'm like, the parks never close. So I you knock on the door of my neighbor and I go like, uh, the parks are closed? And he goes, uh, yeah, like, you don't know what's going on. I was like, I have no idea. So anyway, he had a TV. So I was able to witness what just happened. And it was definitely devastating. And so from what I hear from my colleagues that were there, of course, park closed. And then there was um, tons of cast members just handing out company tickets to come back to the park. Um, just that's what Disney does. You know, they're just so good with, with guest services and, and you know, um, service recovery, what have you. So everybody was handing out like those complimentary tickets and um, parks closed. And then they reopened on September 12th. And part of my job as a guest relation host, I was lucky enough to be one of the tour guide for the Keys to the Kingdom tour. This is um, like the four, it's a four and a half hour tour. I don't know if you've heard of it, Tammy. I'm sure you have. Anyway, long story short, so whenever I get the first tour leaves at 8 a.m., so you have to be there at 7 a.m. to prepare the little garden um, check in, what have you. So I was there at 7 a.m. on September 12. It was cold. It was rainy. It was dark and gloomy. And um, I had 20 guests you know, registered for the tour, which is the maximum. And I, deep down, I was like, well, there's no way, you know, these people will come today. Um, but believe it or not, all 20 of them showed up for our tour. And on a normal day in September, like at that time, back in, you know, 2001, we could expect about 34,000 guests in the Magic Kingdom. Um, and on average, we're about, for that kind of level of crowd, we're about 2,000 cast members. Um, so, but on that day, on September 12, 2001, um, I remember vividly, because we only had 466 guests crossing those turnstiles of the Magic Kingdom. Um, and we still were 2,000 cast members. So I had to um, take all my guests around the Magic Kingdom backstage. Um, and I had to, of course, not make any references to what just happened this terrible incident um, because we're disney we're not supposed to talk about what's going on in the world we're supposed to take people away from just from the normal world and so um tried to keep my smile on and then do as good as a job as i could you know knowing that all these people died and the world that changed forever um the guests didn't seem to to mind and i think that was actually good for them that they were able to escape the devastation of what just happened by being in the Magic Kingdom and in, in getting on one of those tours. And and really that changed everything at Disney. Um, I don't know if you remember Tammy, probably not because you were really, really young back then, but the 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 get, uh, Disney World bathroom used to have those horrible um, soap that were like, like dry, it was dry soap. So it was kind of almost like powder. Well, because of in the events, you know, following 9-11, all those terrorist attacks, um, there were a lot of threats of anthrax um, that were shipped in the mail. And uh, one of the guests, um, Miss, you know, thought that, you know, that soap that was on the floor, which was, you know, dry soap, thought it was um, anthrax. So, of course, 
the Mexican was on alert, locked down, everything. And overnight, every single soap dispenser in Disney World, that includes hotels, theme parks, um, you know, downtown Disney back then, um, they transfer from that powder soap to liquid soap overnight. Um, that, that was just stunning. That's really the power of Disney and what they can do so quickly, just to adjust and adapt. Um, but also our tours also were affected because we used to take um, our guests underneath the castle, um, take them to cosmetology, seeing like Cinderella being transformed from an actress to Cinderella. So that was really magical moments. But apparently um, Cinderella Castle was one of the potential target for terrorists. So we were no longer able to take guests underneath the castle. And um, until I left in 2002, they were not able to bring people back underneath. I don't know if that's possible now, but that's a little things that Disney had to adjust um, further to those terrorist attacks. My recollection prior to that, and even just observing what we had on the on the videotapes, was it was a very laid back um, community and way of doing things. But you know, everything changes, obviously, and it's way different than it was now. But absolutely, like that—that's one of the most key essential. I think a lot of people forget about that too. And, and technically this year, if we're thinking about it, it is 20 years since the attacks. And um, mm -hmm. so it's pretty amazing to think it's been that long, right? Like, because it feels like it's been yesterday. And, and, and it's a shame that they wouldn't allow you to stay longer. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite part of doing that tour? Oh, it's just, you know, connecting with people and just, you know, I love, I have a a lot of useless knowledge about Disney. Um, so I just love to share that, you know, useless knowledge with people. And they seem to be really intrigued and interested. Um, I love to give a lot of details on how, like, operationally, how the park works. Because, you know, it's it's wonderful to be there. But there's it's so intricate. I mean, it's a very, very hard um, product to operate because all the moving parts, so I was really going down um, and giving like um, example of how each, you know, part of the park work together, how everything is divided, like into different business units. So it's it's and even like to um, how do we how do Disney decide which, you know, attraction go into renovation, which attraction should be just, you know, um, canceled or um it, it all goes back you know at the end of the day to like how much money they can make so i was kind of like giving a lot of uh, details about that which which made my my tour a little more um insightful um than most this is my opinion though <laughs> was there ever a tour where it was absolutely different from what what it usually was said as or you had to kind of go a different direction because something was happening that day or something oh, different all the time. and like you said tammy every every tour is different and if you mem remember back then i don't know if they still do it but we had lunch at the columbia harbor house in the private room and um sometime like the park was so busy you could not even take your 20 guests to the uh, Columbia Harbor house. It was just very difficult to get there. And then we had to coordinate because the door was can, can only be opened from the inside out. So you could not open the door yourself. So you had to make sure that the cast member was able to open the door. And it was pre, you know before cell phones. So it's not like you could just pick up the phone and call somebody. So the timing always had to be like perfect, which is hard to do in a working park. Um, so you had to pivot. And you had to make things up. So sometime I would, just, if I would get there too early, I would take them to the Haunted Mansion, which was not part of the tour. Um, take them like on a um, 
the wheelchair entrance so you can kind of like cut the stretching room and stuff so it's a little shorter experience so you just had to improvise and i mean i was 20 years old back then or 21 years old so it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on a 20 year old just to make sure that this experience is perfect and flawless um, but disney gives all the attribute and all the um the um, the resources uh, for you to be successful in that role. So absolutely, there was always there was something that came up that was that made that tour very unique and different. What was one of the most challenging things of being a guest relations um, individual? Because yeah. I originally went for hotel management at college, and uh, then I moved to business because I was like, you know what. I sometimes don't have patience <laughs> and that's like very key to have and to be warm and welcoming to people. And sometimes it's not always the easiest thing for everyone. <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, smiling is, you know, your cheeks hurt at the end of every day, but I have to say like, although like, you know, the people are what makes it so wonderful, but sometimes it's what makes it so hard. So as a guest relation host is um, what's difficult is people abusing of, of the, the, the stellar service that Disney provides. And there's always tons of people trying to abuse of that, um, that kindness um, out of Disney. So, I mean, I had people um, making up these stories that make no sense whatsoever. Like one, I just vividly remember this um, gentleman that had a toddler in a, um, in a stroller. And he came to guest relation hosts telling me that a cast member was running and then he hit the stroller and then the, the baby flew out of the stroller onto the sidewalk so that was far stretch and the only thing he wanted he says you know like the only thing i want is i want i want to have the biggest mickey mouse plush you can find that's what i want and i'm like that that story made no sense but you know what as disney you can't tell people that story makes no sense so you have to find ways of you know making them understand that you know that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, just every day you, you have people, you know, wanted to sue Disney for every reason. Um, one of them, I remember, I don't know if you remember, um, Tammy, there was the Donald, um, uh, Donald Duck's boat in the former, um, um, Mickey, um, country village that they had at the magic kingdom, which is no longer anyway, it was basically like, a fountain. So it was, <laughs> and he wanted to sue Disney because it was under the fountain was on Donald's boat was under renovations, and that he came all the way from wherever to see Donald's boat, and because of that, his vacation was ruined. Um, so I honestly, for this one instance, I, I had no answer. So I brought my supervisor on, and he says, "Sir, it's a fountain." <laughs> so um, yeah, so there's a lot of of experience that we had as far as people trying to abuse oh my gosh yeah i i just it, sometimes i get so disappointed i'm like you know you're making your vacation a little bit more worse than it is and and you know what Absolutely. i will say i will say in defense of a lot of cast members and, and and anybody at disney who's working there it's like they try their hardest to make sure that you know that everything is okay um and and we you know, even being nicer to people, sometimes you get more out of that. Oh, <laughs> I yeah, think you get people more forget. Honey and vinegar. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's so interesting because we've had so many instances. What happened one time? There was well, this was in Disneyland one time. Somebody couldn't go on a ride 
and it was such a long ride, and we gave up our fast passes for them. I think this is also in Disney World. And it was so sweet. The cast members saw this and they were like, you know what? We're taking all of you on the ride at the same time. Let's go. (laughs) And you get into the the front of the line. And there have been instances where like I have my happy birthday button and I'm just striking up a conversation with somebody. And they're like, wait a minute. Give me a quick second. Actually, come with me. And then they give me free funnel cake, like a whole thing for my birthday. I'm like, you are so sweet. Thank you so much. And... And those are the moments that like really stick out to me, you know, because that's, that is the magic. That is the magic of human interaction and being um, just a human, a kind human being. And I feel like, you know, people don't understand that there is so much patience that does come with it. Because <laughs> yes. I can only imagine the co- the the conversations and things that have happened behind the scenes that are not allowed to be repeated. It's like, Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, there's, there's hundreds of books that have been written on the success, the business success of Disney. And I can tell you that one of the main reasons why they're so successful is they empower their cast members to do the right thing and to create all these moments. So Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Tammy, if, if, if you, you know, if you're kind to cast members, they, they'll do even more for you. There's countless of memories that, you know, I can share with you. Like one of them that comes to mind right now is this lady. They were staying at the Grand Floridian and I was in the Magic Kingdom. And then we were, you know, just about to close and they were leaving the day after. And back then, you know, nobody had phones. Um, they didn't even exist. Um, they Everybody had those disposable camera. And of course, from a, you know, from a trip at Disney, the only thing you have left is the pictures. And you just said that yourself, you know, so many memories are from those pictures and video that you have. So this family had lost their um, their disposable camera, but they, she was able to give me a lot of, of, of details of where she lost it and how it looked and, and all that stuff. So and guest relation hosts were the one that collect all the lost and found in the Magic Kingdom. So every hour, one of us would go around all the different locations where we collect the lost and found. And we come back, you know, with tons and tons of stuff, you know, and we found everything that you can probably possibly imagine. Anyway, so out of the, you know, the dozens and dozens of disposable camera, I was able to find her camera. And I knew that she was leaving, leaving the day after. So I... We had two vans, uh, guest relation, that we could use to drive wherever. Um, so I took one of the van, I drove to the Grand Floridian and and hand, hand her the lost camera that she had. And so these are the little things that we're empowered to do and makes hold the difference in the world. That's so lovely to hear, you know, and if there was somebody who was aiming to be in guest relations specifically, is there any type of certain advice you would kind of give them or give them a heads up on that you would have given yourself if you had met yourself prior to being in guest relations at Disney? Absolutely. Well, there's several things, but it's, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, about being a, you know, uh, a person like you want to listen, you know, like you want to listen more than you talk because if you're interacting with somebody, you definitely want to understand why they come to you. Because very often, somebody articulates something or they say something, but it's not what they meant. So you kind of like to read behind. So really being a good listener and listening to all these clues is crucial. Um, being patient is definitely the number one virtue that you have if you're a guest relation host or any customer for that matter. Because yeah, like you said, Tammy, it's hot, you know, there's tons of people, people are frustrated, you know, it does not always go the way they want, you know, they may have been saving for, you know, years to be able to afford, and expectations are really high, so 
and then just you know be really empathetic like put yourself in someone else's shoes and there's people from all over the world with different you know cultural backgrounds so you have to uh, make sure that you kind of understand where people are coming from so you can provide that you know great disney service that they expect so so when you left disney where did your career take you well i didn't really know where i where i was i wanted to do and what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be um, pre my first experience at Disney. But after those experiences, I knew exactly I wanted to be in hospitality. So I uh, went from working at Disney to working in hotels in Montreal, Canada. And that career took me to um, sales um, executive level. So now um, I worked um, uh, as um, a sales um, consultant for the city of Toronto. Um, but also, like long story short, um, because I worked at Disney, now I actually live in Atlanta. So I moved to Atlanta. So um, during my sales experience, I was traveling a lot for work. And then one of those trips took me to Houston to attend a conference. And then I met my husband, my now husband, um, who's American. He's actually from Philly. Um, that's where you probably see a Eagles jersey in the, my background here. Nice. So, so that took me from, you know, my hometown of Montreal in Canada um, to Atlanta here in Georgia. So and now I'm, uh, you know, because of COVID, so many of my friends and including those at Disney um, in the hospitality industry have been furloughed or, or let go. So I had to invent myself, too. So now I'm, I'm um, managing the sales department of a, a corporate real estate association here in Atlanta. But, you know, Alex, this has been wonderful to talk to you and to have this reunion with you. I, I really, I really do appreciate you just being able to respond to that original post on Facebook and say, hey, that was me. Um, because, you know, it's just some random person, but it really was a special memory for our family. So I'm just glad we could, we could talk today. Um, and, and before we end, I have three Disney themed questions I, I always ask my guests on this show. So we'll start with the Donald question of the Fab Three, which is as a child, what Disney film was your favorite to see in the movie theater? That's a good one. Um, probably Aladdin. And our goofy question what Disney character do you think you would be best friends with if you met them in person? Uh, Buzz Lightyear. And finally, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Uh, Circle of Life. And it's so true now. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Circle of Life, and it keeps going around and around like a great big beautiful tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being on the show, Alex. I really appreciate it. And hopefully one day we'll get to meet again and i will owe you ice cream (laughs) oh that's awesome well thanks tammy i'll I'll hold you up to it or a cheesesteak just come to philly let me know i'll I'll be ready we have a we have a cool um uh ice cream soda fountain called franklin's fountain and we'll we'll take you there (laughs) awesome would love that